Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. The longest offseason in all of sports ended on Thursday night when our beloved took the field against the Baltimore Ravens to start the preseason in the 2018 Hall of Fame game. How did our beloved look, and is it anything worth getting excited about? All of this and so much more in the Hall of Fame game review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. The long, cold winter is over, and spring has arrived, and that spring, of course, being a brand new football season with the Hall of Fame game being played on Thursday night. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. Beck, the Hall of Fame game review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Did you miss me? God knows I missed all of you, and it's just, uh, it's been an interesting, what, three three weeks or so maybe more lots has happened uh in that time our beloved kicked off training camp um you know lots of good news coming out about how the team looks anthony miller's doing this kevin white's doing that uh mitch trubisky this so on and so forth it's it's been you know mostly positive news uh coming out of camp uh the only disappointment of course is that our rookie linebacker roquan smith is the one and only unsigned draft choice out there right now and before i get into the game i want to cover this real quick because the narrative on this story has changed at least two or three times over the last couple of weeks when it was finally um, released as to what the conversation was about. Now, this is something that we talked about briefly uh, when we were doing the opponent preview episodes, how we assumed it had to do with offset language because that is mostly what the um, conversation or the holdouts are, you know, or difficult negotiations or whatever with these rookie contracts has been since the new CBA was adopted in 2011. It was more about the offset language, what happens if he gets cut, goes to another team, how much is the original team on the hook for if he signs with somebody else, so on and so forth, and and all the rest of that. But it turns out, uh, it came out about a, a week or so ago, that the conversation was actually more about the guaranteed money as in as it relates to the uh, the new helmet rule, which we saw in great effect on Thursday night in the Hall of Fame game. Agree or disagree, it was called a few times in that game. The, the whole lowering of the head to make impact with your uh, defender or in, in the defense's case to, to make it with the, with the offensive player uh, and so on. Basically, the original disagreement or so it was when it came out was that 
if you get suspended with these rookie contracts being fully guaranteed, if you get suspended, your guaranteed money is no longer guaranteed. And basically the, the, the right of the money that he signed for initially um, would be up for grabs, making the, it a lot easier for the Bears to, to cut someone if they're not on the hook for guaranteed money. Well, originally it made the Bears look bad because not only were they still arguing over whether or not the guaranteed money would be affected or touched or whatever if Roquan was suspended for this helmet rule, the Bears would not have been the first team. They wouldn't be setting precedent if they allowed that language to be removed from the contract, saying that they wouldn't touch the guaranteed money if Roquan got suspended. Because, um, who was it? Saquon Barkley, uh, running back for the Giants, had that language removed from his contract. And even Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker for the Buffalo Bills, had that contract language removed from his. So the Bears weren't going to be setting precedent, which made them look like the bad guys. They're the ones that are keeping the rookie out of camp. Well, it came out just recently, like a few days before the uh, Hall of Fame game, that it actually, the Bears had conceded they weren't going to touch his his um, guaranteed money if he were suspended for the for this new helmet rule. It came out that now it's about the behavioral clauses in the contract and I guess how the um, money would be affected, the guaranteed money might be affected if we were to get suspended for off the field uh, antics or violations or 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 what have you, which automatically shifts the blame, if you will, from the Bears to Roquan Smith. So are you telling me that you don't trust yourself to stay out of trouble enough to you know, to, to sign the contract and get into camp? The Bears conceded that you won't lose your money if you get suspended for this helmet rule that I have no doubt, after watching one game in the preseason, this, penalty, this, this new rule is going to be a problem throughout the season it's probably going to be a, a more hotly contested debate than the uh than the catch rule and, and and what a mess that's been lately but it shifts all the blame it changes the narrative on who the bad guy is put it on Roquan Smith that now all of a sudden are you saying you don't trust yourself to stay out of trouble you don't trust yourself enough to stay out of trouble so you won't get suspended you know, is that really what's being said here? Is that really the message that you're wanting to deliver? Or are you just so money hungry or, you know, whatever, that you just don't want to lose any money for any reason? You know, you want no accountability whatsoever. You want to get every penny of the contract that you signed for from day one. Now, on one hand, I can absolutely understand that. But on the other, you know, this is not the mountain you want to start. You know, this is not the hill you want to have that battle on. You know, having it with the helmet rule thing, I could see that. I can definitely see that him being a linebacker, him being one of the faster linebackers, if not the fastest one in the draft. He's coming, running downhill into an opponent. I can see where just his natural playing ability that could foreseeably happen in the future that Roquan Smith may get suspended a la Danny Trevathan on Devontae Adams uh, just last year. That hit he put on Adams got us initially suspended for two games before the um, appeal knocked it down to one. But that could happen to Roquan Smith. It's conceivable. He's a linebacker. Those guys fly around the field. You know, they get there in a hurry, and they get there angry. You know what I'm saying? And it just... 
that I can definitely see him not wanting to lose money for that. He's just going to be out there playing the game, not doing anything malicious, and these flags are going to come no matter what. We saw proof of that on Thursday night uh, in the Hall of Fame game. You know, there's gonna there was some. <laughs> I can give the referees credit that they were at least consistent with why they threw it, but neither one of the flags that were called were leading with the head or or anything like that. It's going to be impossible to be a defensive player uh, in this league at, at one point. Like they really are just going to have to remove the pads and get. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Give everybody flags at some point with the way that they were calling that rule. One game into the preseason, it's, it's already looking like it's going to be a nightmare. But if now you want to plant the flag and say that you don't want to lose guaranteed money for any reason, even something that definitely is your fault, not being able to stay out of trouble off the field for any reason, domestic violence, DUI, team rules, whatever, that you're wanting to hang on to the money, whatever. It's just a bad message to send, and it definitely makes him look like the bad guy now. It makes the Bears look like the good guys. They've conceded the points that they need to concede to get this rookie to sign his contract and get him into camp, and now Roquan is, is, is holding out for a completely silly reason basically you know, either A, saying that I just don't want to lose money no matter what, or B, I don't trust myself to stay out of trouble or for my friends to keep me out of trouble and what have you. So I need this clause removed from the contract uh, as well. So a week ago, I was on Roquan's side. He's a linebacker. This kind of thing is likely to happen with this new rule and, and how it may be interpreted, especially in the early goings and everything. I could definitely see something like that happen. You can't penalize him for playing the game even though the NFL seems to want to do that these days but this is something completely different I'm on the side of the organization now and you know if this really is what the final holdup is with it being you know off the field behavioral clause stuff I can't defend that at all I really can't you know even in my most greediest mood I can't defend what Roquan Smith is doing if the reports about why he's still holding out is true so I'm in complete disagreement with Roquan if those reports are true, if he's holding out because he basically just doesn't want to lose any money whatsoever for any reason, you know, I, I can't get behind that. You know, you sign the contract, get into camp, 
it's starting to get dangerous now as far as how much time he's missing. He's already missed the first preseason game. He's he's basically going to miss Bourbonnet. The Bears are going to break camp, I think, after this first preseason game against the Bengals on Thursday night. I think the Bears are going to be headed to um, – to Lake Forest and start practicing at the home facilities uh, and everything. So it's just, you know, he's basically going to miss his entire first training camp, and this is uh, this is what he's holding out for. I can't get behind that uh, at all. So that's just my stance on the Roquan Smith situation. I haven't heard any updates. We're not getting any indication that they're close to a deal uh, or anything like that. It, it's not looking good. It really isn't. You know, the the Bears were able to go to camp early because of the Hall of Fame game. July the 16th, the rookies reported. Obviously, he hadn't. It wasn't really viewed upon as being a big deal until a few days later when the veterans reported on the 19th and he still wasn't there. Then it was an official holdout at that point. When the whole team is in camp and everybody's there now and you're still not, you know. And then for a while... He wasn't the only one. Sam, it was him and Sam Darnold were the, were the lone remaining uh, holdouts. Darnold signed his contract. He's in camp with the Jets now, leaving Roquan Smith to be the one and only holdout left out of the, what, 255 guys that were drafted uh, on draft weekend. So lucky us. Uh, the lone holdout had to be our guy. And if the reports are true, the reason that he's holding out for are, are indefensible uh, at this point. They just There's just no defending what he's actually holding out for if the reports are true. So anyway, that's my two cents on the Roquan Smith situation. I'm still looking forward to this kid getting in there. Um, you know, I just want him in camp. You know, I'm not going to hold anything against him or anything like that. I'm going to be pissed at him while he's holding out. Once he's in there and he signed the contract and he gets on the field, all is forgiven, in my opinion. You know, as far as I'm concerned, all is forgiven. Once he signs his contract and gets into camp, get him in there, get your reps in so you can be on the field September 9th when the Bears and the Packers uh, butt heads on Sunday night football to kick off the season, you know, for 2018 man I'm really looking forward to that and hoping that he'll sign soon and get this over with so he can get a couple of preseason games under his belt as well the one advantage that the Bears have this year is that they're playing five preseason games so the fact that he missed the first one still means that he can get four games in if possible you know at this point so Still plenty of time. We still have a whole month to go before the regular season kicks off. Still plenty of time for him to get his feet under him because he attended everything else, the OTAs and, and all the rest of that stuff uh, during the offseason prior to training camp. So it's not like he's coming in cold uh, or anything, and hopefully he is working out and keeping himself in, in decent shape and, and, and everything, and he'll be able to come into camp and just slide right in you know, and fit like a glove in our defense. So here's to hoping for that so thursday night the hall of fame game man i was excited to watch it i really was just you know even if it wasn't the bears i'm stoked it's football it's real football it's the nfl i've been watching this crappy cfl football is you know kind of like the methadone to my nfl heroin if you will i just really just wanting to see some real football from some real football players. Uh, the ironic thing, of course, being that uh, the Bears played absolutely no one 
on Thursday night. Neither did the Ravens, uh, for that matter. Neither team playing any of its starters uh, on Thursday night, and I mean none. The closest thing resembling starters on the Bears' side were the fact that Deion Sims, Adam Shaheen played on offense, and Cody Parkey and uh, Pat O'Donnell were kicking. Those are the only thing close to starters that we had playing in this football game on Thursday because Chase Daniel was in uh, for Trubisky at quarterback. Neither Jordan Howard or uh, Tariq Cohen played at the running back position. Uh, the fullback, whose first name I, for the life of me, can't remember, uh, Burton, uh, he was basically useless for us last year, actually scored a touchdown on Thursday. Imagine that. But none of our top four receivers played in the game Josh Bellamy and Benny Fowler were our starting wide receivers so no no Kevin White no Anthony Miller no Taylor Gabriel no Allen Robinson in that first game none of our starters on the offensive line played Bobby Massey um, not even James Daniels the draft choice uh, Cody Whitehair Kyle Long Eric Cush or uh, Charles Leno none of those guys saw the field I mean our starting right tackle in the game was Rashad Coward who was a defensive tackle last year that they converted to the offensive line. He was a beast, actually, on Thursday night. That guy, run blocking at the very least, he is an animal. Uh, on the, you know, at the point of attack on the line of scrimmage, his defensive training as a tackle has been doing him, doing him wonders. You know, In that short period of time that I saw him play on Thursday night, he played the majority of the football game, but the few times that I actually focused and, and watched him, he was impressive. Uh, he really was. Even going against twos and threes uh, throughout the game, I liked what I saw from Rashad Coward. So whatever the Bears saw to make them think that he'd be in good offensive tackle, I was seeing it on Thursday night. I was very impressed with with him, uh, you know, this being his first real game action uh, at that new position. So I, I thought he did very well and look forward to seeing what he can do uh, throughout the rest of the uh, preseason because the one thing that was evident about the offense is that um, we have no depth at tackle. <laughs> Holy hell. Uh, you know, with the Bears were under pressure as far as trying to pass and, and, and guys coming off the edge and, and getting after Chase Daniel uh, and everything, that was definitely uh, not encouraging uh, to see uh, on Thursday night. But um, I did enjoy some of the imagination that we were seeing um the the you know the, in particular the touchdown pass to uh to Burton the fullback that's something we never would have seen under John Fox and, and Dole Loggins if there's a foot, fullback on the field we're running the ball 100 times out of 100 there's just no doubt about that you know that it would never dawn in a million years on Loggins to actually use the fullback as a receiver coming out of the backfield and that's exactly what happened you know Burton come you know went out to the to the right side and as soon as he passed up the offensive tackle on the right boom he cuts back towards the in, in towards the middle of the field was wide open Daniel hit him boom touchdown the first touchdown of the 2018 season goes to the Bears and that Burton the fullback of all people you know, we actually should have had a touchdown much earlier um, when uh, Chase Daniel hit a wide open Benny Fowler uh, down the sideline in the end zone. He just flat out dropped it. And, um, you know, he, he dropped a short touchdown. And then on the very next play, uh, Jordan Morgan, who was our fifth round pick, the our lone draft choice not to make a contribution 
2017. Basically got bull rushed and dropped on his ass because Chase Daniel skipped the ball right off the top of his head for a tip drill interception uh, for the Ravens. So, you know, but uh, DeAndre Houston Carson actually flipped the script and got a tip drill interception of his own. So the Ravens came away with nothing as far as points off of that uh, the turnover. So. But those first couple of drives on offense, the Bears looked good. They moved the ball down the field. Uh, Benny Cunningham had a nice run. He was our starting running back instead of Cohen and Howard. Um, you know, we looked good. We looked efficient moving the ball down the field despite the cast of characters that we had on the field uh, at the time. We were able to move the ball. We should have scored on that first drive, and we did with the second one with Burton's uh, touchdown. So, you know, the, 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 the game overall – you know it was more about just being able to watch NFL football being played I really wasn't paying too much attention to the to the X's and O's I was just happy to watch it being played uh in front of me you know it was more about does anybody stand out uh in this first game especially since it was clear we weren't going to see you know for lack of we basically weren't going to see anybody play uh in this game um, one thing, a couple of things that I was really impressed with. Um, number one is that uh, I know it's only the first preseason game and I know the level of competition that they were playing against, but we may not be as shallow at offensive, or excuse me, at outside linebacker as we initially thought going into this season. You know, the only addition that we made, we made more subtractions than we did additions at outside linebacker, virtually leaving us with only Leonard Floyd. As far as, you know, as far as we from the outside are concerned, we signed Aaron Lynch, who apparently has the world's worst hamstrings and can't stay healthy long enough uh, to practice because Sam Acho is still starting ahead of him. But we have Isaiah Irving from last year and we have Kylie Fitz and those were our starters in this game and they both looked really good coming off the edge getting some pressure uh isaiah irving had two sacks one of which was taken away from him via penalty kylie fitz same thing he had a sack had some good pressures was getting all over the place um Bilal nichols our fifth round draft choice out of uh delaware was impressive uh, on the on the defensive line uh as well I'm trying to think of anybody in the secondary was doing some things. I mean, DeAndre Houston Carson had that interception uh, early on. Um, trying to think of anybody in the linebacker spots was doing good. I mean, because we basically just threw anybody out there who wasn't somebody we plan on plan on counting on basically no Kwiatkowski no Trevathan uh, EA Booneyway I think is still out with the shoulder injury uh, right now. So and obviously Roquan is holding out. So those are our top three, four guys uh, at linebacker. It was Timu and, and John Anderson, I think, that were starting uh, at the inside linebacker spot. Uh, nothing too major coming from them. Um, trying to think of anybody else kind of stood out on on defense. Didn't really not really remembering uh, anyone. So, you know, the, the Chase Daniel was not very impressive at quarterback. Like I said, he looked good on those first two drives. Um, that first interception was not his fault. You know, like I said, uh, Jordan Morgan got pushed into his throwing lane and he skipped it right off the top of his head, you know, basically making it easy for the Ravens to come up with the interception. Um, the second interception that he threw, however, 
you know, looking at the replay, there was definitely a miscommunication. He was either expecting uh, Deion Sims, who was his intended receiver, he was either expecting him to sit on his route or break to the inside. Instead, Sims broke to the outside and and Chase Daniel threw it where he wasn't or where he used to be kind of thing because he threw it right to a defender uh, who basically made a Hall of Fame career, 51, Korea, I think is his name, uh, for the Ravens, uh, was all over the place, especially in that first half, came up with that uh, interception which was more like a gift than a good play on his part, just going back in and looking at it. It wasn't a great throw from Daniel, no matter how you look at it. But I don't put 100% of the blame on Chase Daniel. Like I said, he was expecting Sims, I think, to either sit or break to the inside, and Sims broke to the outside, and, you know, (laughs) he wasn't there anymore, and uh, only a Raven defender was standing there to come up with it. So... You know, not a good throw or decision, but I think it was more of a miscommunication than Chase Daniel just making a mistake uh, on that one. But overall, I think he was only like eight for 16 or anything like his numbers were not pretty. He had the touchdown pass to Burton. He had the two interceptions. He got sacked once or twice. I think he even sacked himself at one point. He just tripped over his own feet uh, in the backfield. But, you know trying to think if there was anything else oh of course Javon Wims Javon Wims was very impressive uh on Thursday night our seventh round pick out of Georgia the Georgia draft pick that actually did sign his contract uh number 83 uh, made a made a really nice looking uh, jump ball catch uh at one point something he was known for uh in college but basically anything thrown in Javon Wims's direction he came down with it whether it was Chase Daniel or, or Tyler Bray that was the you know throwing the uh, football I think it's obvious that Tyler Bray I think has the bigger arm between the two but I think Daniel is the more accurate of the two quarterbacks he just had a lousy day throwing the ball uh on on Thursday night so I mean Tyler Bray's accuracy that kid was throwing the ball all over the place um, but the few times that he threw it in Javon Wims' direction, he actually came down with it. I think he had like eight, ten catches or something like that uh, in the game uh, on Thursday night. So in the end, the Bears fell short. They lose the game 17-16. to 16. Um, One thing that I did love was that we were down 17-10. to 10. The Bears score a touchdown. I believe it was Tanner Gentry catching a touchdown pass uh, from, from Tyler Bray. Uh, late in the game, I think maybe about two minutes to go, something in that in that neighborhood. And I know it's a preseason game and it means nothing, but I really do like the decision from from Nagy to go for it, go for two, win the game, to hell with it. You know what have you got to lose? It's a preseason game. This is a one of those moments. He's taking advantage of the situation and having a live, you know, two minute play. Let's go out and run it. The play was a disaster, and we didn't score the two-pointer, so we lose the game 17-16 uh, to 16, uh, to the Ravens. So we're 0-1 on this extended preseason. And the funny thing is, this uh, week coming up against the Bengals, on, again on Thursday night, is technically preseason week one. Like the Hall of Fame game is a true exhibition. It basically doesn't really count anywhere uh, as far as like being part of the schedule. It's just that one special game and preseason week one will be against the Bengals uh, on Thursday night. So that's why the name of the show isn't preseason week one review. It's the Hall of Fame game review. The, the, the Bengals review game or review show will be the 
preseason week one <laughs> review episode. So, you know, just so there's if there's no end confusion uh, as far as that goes. So I think that's all I have on the game. You know, the, the really the only other thing that I have to say is um, I think I think we're in good hands with Nagy and with what they're uh, going to put on the field offensively. Obviously, the jury is still out because we haven't seen any of the guys who are going to be depending on take the field just yet. And we also don't know how much of them we'll see on Thursday night against the Bengals if we see them at all to be quite frank you know um, I'm sure that we will for at least a series or two uh, on Thursday night but something it just just the vibe that I'm getting from Nagy the guy looks the part he really does and um, you know I know that's not everything but it's just it's more than you can say for for John Fox it just this is as excited as I was when we hired Fox it's just something about Fox just didn't look right or feel right if you know what I mean I got a good feeling about Nagy and and what's going on with the Bears uh right now it's uh I think it's gonna go well I really do I don't know how much that will translate into this season and wins and losses and all that kind of stuff but I'm looking forward to the journey I really am you know I was uh super excited to see the Bears take the field and even though none of the guys that we're going to be watching every Sunday played on Thursday night it was our beloved and they were out there banging heads with the Baltimore Ravens it was fun to watch so um, anyway one last thing I want to talk about well two actually um, obviously the big thing this weekend was the fact that one of our own Brian Erlacher, one of the inductees uh, on Saturday gave a great speech uh, on Saturday night, talked a lot about the, the the running theme, the recurring theme throughout his speech was the two pillars in his life, football and, and family, and how his teammates are as his you know family and how that translates into football and, and everything he has in life he owes to the game and who, the people along the way that helped him you know become who he was, a, a lot about his mother, uh, his stepdad, you know his mother's second husband and you know his 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 biological father wasn't around much he was born in Washington they moved to New Mexico Erlacher's dad stayed out in Washington he was not really a part of his life uh and so on and the, but the stepdad was and uh you know how much he he considers him the, he is my dad and you know thank you so much for being being my dad and and, and everything uh talking about his kids and um named several of his teammates Mike Brown um Alex Brown, uh, Lance Briggs, obviously, uh, Peanut Tillman. The name that, that I thought was surprising to hear make that cut as far as him singling guys out was Dusty Dvorak. He only played with Dvorak. He was only on the team, I think, for like three years with Erlacher. But Dusty apparently made some kind of impact for him to make it into Erlacher's speech. With all, I mean, Julius Peppers didn't make the cut. You know what I mean? And uh, other guys on the team that you thought, maybe a Tommy Harris or, you know, something like an Israel Adonijah or something like those guys didn't get name status in the speech. But Dusty Dvorak did. I thought I was surprised uh, by that. So somebody else who didn't get name recognition in the speech was Lovey Smith. I mean, this is somebody that Erlacher pounded the table for religiously like I wouldn't play for anybody else I'm you know I'm pro lovey all the way so on and so forth lovey didn't get a shout out 
uh, in the speech. I was surprised by that as well. I mean, you could tell Erlacher was nervous making the speech. Sometimes he talked so fast you could barely understand what he was saying. But it was a good speech. It was a solid speech. I enjoyed uh, listening to it and uh, very happy to see uh, Erlacher get his gold jacket and uh, unveil his bust and, uh, and and give thanks to everyone that, that helped him. You know, he thanked us, the fans, being the, you know, as a defensive player, there's no greater honor than playing middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears, and I got to do that for 13 years and, you know, the best fans in the world and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, it was great to hear, and I was very, very, I was very happy with his speech. It was a good speech, you know, but like I said, you could tell he was nervous because he was talking really fast. And somehow, even with the fast talking, he got the speech to 19 minutes. That's not bad. That's not bad. You're saying plenty, especially when you're talking fast, to 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 push it out to uh to just over 19 minutes, um on the because uh, I didn't see it live. I actually saw the clip on ChicagoBears.com and it was 19 minutes long, uh when I watched it. So, but it was a good speech, um and uh like I said, very happy. Erlacher's in. It's official now. He got his gold jacket, and uh, he's uh he's a member of the hall. It's a great thing. And then finally, I want to talk about the guy who didn't show up to the Hall of Fame and how that guy can just flat out kiss my ass, all right? And, of course, I'm talking about Terrell Owens. Now, I was a huge fan of Terrell Owens when he was in the NFL, controversy or not, always flapping the gums and what have you. The guy was a great football player. He definitely was deserving of Hall of Fame status. I mean, the, the statistics alone are undeniable. You know, second in receiving yards, third overall in touchdown catches and, and all the rest of that. His resume speaks for itself. Now, this idiot decided that he wasn't going to go to the Hall of Fame enshrinement in Canton because he wasn't voted in on the first ballot. This was his third year of eligibility. And the reason that this really bothered me was that because he went in on the same class with somebody who'd been waiting to get into the Hall of Fame longer than Terrell Owens has been alive. Okay, T.O. is was, you know, the guy played forever, um, but, you know, retired he was in his late 30s. He was almost 40 years old when he officially hung it up. He's 43, 44 years old now. Jerry Kramer, the offensive lineman, the guard for the Green Bay Packers, retired in 1968. So it's been 50 years since he retired from the NFL. And the NFL Hall of Pro Football, and I looked this up, the Pro Football Hall of Fame has been in existence since 63. So there was a Hall of Fame for him to go into. Technically, you have to wait five years after retirement to be eligible. So from 73 until now, Jerry Kramer has been waiting to get into the NFL. You know, 50 years since he last played a football game in the NFL, five years or more before Terrell Owens was even born, is how long Jerry Kramer has been waiting to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And do you think that he thought of not going after having to wait virtually a lifetime to get voted into the Hall of Fame where he deserved to be many, many, many years ago. And I've looked at some of the classes um, that have gone in over the years. And the funny thing was some of these classes only had as little as four people in them. 
You know, there. I mean, as as recently as like 2005 or something like that, only four people gone in, and it's been in like the last decade or so that at least six or seven guys have gone in every single year for like the last decade. But I think like the year that Elway went in in like 2005 or something like that, he was one of only four guys to get in that year. You know, you could have wedged him in there or something like there were several years where like Jared Kramer should have been in here. He could have been there, you know, that kind of thing. It was ridiculous that he had to wait. And you thank God that he is still around. The guy's 82 years old. You know, it's been 50 years since he played in the NFL with Terrell Owens. Woe is me was going to thumb his nose at the NFL because of a grudge that he has with the media that didn't vote him in the first two years. You know, it's just like the ego that it takes to do something like that. It's, it's staggering. I mean, you wonder how anyone could walk around with balls that big to, to be able to just shun the NFL and then try to make you understand why he did it. No, absolutely not. It's I just it's it's monumentally disrespectful, not to the Hall of Fame, but to everybody else. To Jerry Kramer, for Christ's sake. Like I said, the guy retired five years before he was even born. You know, but you don't hear him bitching and moaning about not making it into the Hall of Fame and, and, and all that kind of stuff and and possibly boycotting the ceremony uh, because the, 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 the media didn't vote him in 30 years ago when he should have been or anything like that. This man patiently waited, you know, 50 goddamn years 45 you want to be more technical uh, about it but good god since the early 70s he's been eligible to be in the hall of fame had to become a part of that senior committee uh, to get voted in this year and you know I mean, and the other guy, Robert Brazil, Dr. Doom from the, from the old Houston Oilers in the, the 70s, got voted in with him. This is a guy that's been waiting 35 years, if not more, uh, as well, to make it in the NF, into the Hall of Fame. You think that they were pissing and moaning about not showing up and boycotting the ceremony? No, because they're honored to be in the Hall of Fame. You don't get the feeling that Terrell Owens is honored to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He feels entitled to be there. And that's tells you all you need to know about a guy like Terrell Owens. That's why I could not support his little stance or boycott or whatever at all. I did not watch one second of his speech that he gave from the University of Chattanooga or wherever. I think that's where he went to college, Tennessee at Chattanooga uh, and everything. Screw him. Screw him. I'm glad he wasn't there. You know, the Hall of Fame is, is taking the high road and they included him in all the media and everything that, you know, the videos, his face was up there with the other enshrinees and all that kind of stuff. It's T.O. who decided to have his own little pity party and, and think that he was just too big uh, to go or that they didn't deserve to have him there because they didn't vote him in uh, on the first ballot. It's like, how dare you? Seriously, man, how dare you? So that's my piece. Uh, on Terrell Owens and I think I'll go ahead uh, and end it here um, 
Feels good to be back. Feels good to have football again. I'm excited about Thursday night to see some of the starters. Hopefully they play at least the first quarter so we get a good look at Trubisky, uh, Howard, and Cohen, and, and Trey Burton, get our first look at Allen Robinson uh, and everything, see the starters on defense, and hopefully we'll have a rookie by the name of Roquan Smith signed to a contract by the time we talk a week from now uh, when we review the week one preseason game between the Bears uh, and the Bengals. So uh, we're back. We're back. And this is that long road that starts now and doesn't end, hopefully, until sometime in January uh, when we close out the 2018 season. So buckle your seatbelts, kiddies, because we get busy from here. So anyway, that is going to do it. Look for me again this coming weekend, Saturday, Sunday, somewhere around that area. We'll review this game and any news and notes in between here and now. Until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.